You know, folks, this holiday season, give the gift of explaining to your parents what ESPN Plus is. No, Dad, I don't know why it's not the same thing as regular ESPN. I know you get ESPN through cable. No, Mom, it's not YouTube. Well, yes, it's similar to Disney Plus in that it's typically bundled together with it. No, I don't know why they can't just show the flyers on Channel 17 like they used to. But you get most of the other NHL games on it? I don't know why you'd want to watch other teams. Maybe you just really like hockey? No, it's not the same as regular ESPN. I have to go. I love you. Bye. ESPN Plus. It's a thing that people have. We swear. Oh, wow. What a, an amazing, amazing sponsor this week. You know, it's great that ESPN Plus would give me a read. Although, a bizarre read. It wasn't exactly a... They weren't really leaning into the service and uh, <laughs> not not quite as confident as you'd expect from a major brand. I gotta tell you, I... uh. I don't come on fly purpley enough to know that you guys are getting the big sponsors. Oh, yeah, that's us. We're getting the big sponsors. I'm getting reads. That's that Emmy Award winning shine that you guys have. It's true. We are technically an Emmy Award winning podcast in that it's we true. have a man on the podcast that's won an Emmy. So that's we've got that going for us. And folks, you might be confused at hearing a voice that's not Ryan Quigley on the other end. It has been a while since I've done <laughs> a podcast without the Quigster, but... I, Steve Jaco, the Flem King himself. <laughs> we were we were talking before the show, Kelly and I, and I was just talking. I've had some sinus issues this week, and I I called myself the Flem King, and she said, "Well, you have to introduce yourself as the Flem King." I said, "Of course, you're absolutely right about that." But the lovely, the wonderful, the talented Kelly Hinkle has subbed in for Ryan Quigley this week, who is just simply too busy having a life to join us and and talk about. Guy Fieri and the Philadelphia Flyers for 14 hours. I mean, if you, dear listener, are ever in need of someone who has no life and has unlimited time to assist you in your hobbies and pursuits, look no further. <laughs> this bitch is always on the couch on a Thursday evening at 6.32 p.m. Where else would I be? Hey, this bitch is also always on the couch. <laughs> On a Thursday at 6.32 p.m., okay? I would, and I'm I'm getting old enough and cranky enough that that's where I want to be. I'm going to tell you, Steve. So, as you well know, because you exist in the Slack chat with me where I can plane a lot. Um, <laughs> so do I, though. That's a, half the Slack chat on a given day. I remember one time I had an old co-worker say, uh, who, you know, he... he followed Broad Street Hockey and everything. He's like, man, I really want to know what you guys talk about in that Slack chat. I'm like, yeah, really? Don't, bud. It's mainly Kelly and I just like complaining about our days. And then Jason comes in and talks about food. And then occasionally somebody will talk hockey and there might be some hockey conversation for five minutes, but then it's back to nonsense. Actually, one of my favorite things is the way that whenever we hire new people, some of them like the thing they're most excited about is joining the Slack chat. And then they get there and they're like, wait, don't you guys have jobs? Like, why are you talking all day? What's happening in here? And it's like, well, you know. <laughs> well, friends, we have what yeah. are called useless desk jobs, okay? Not useless yeah, fake, desk jobs, but we have desk email jobs. jobs. Email jobs. Yeah. And when you have a desk job, an email job, an office job, you are looking to avoid doing that job whenever possible, okay? At all costs. At all costs. And when you can keep the slack up on one monitor and just talk about whatever crap you want in there it is a welcome distraction it sure is it sure I is i was gonna say oh i know what i was gonna say back before in the before times when i was foolish enough to download dating apps one of my biggest bugaboos that would happen in interactions with with idiots would be this exact conversation and it happened multiple times and every single time it was like an instant like all right go fuck yourself this would be the interaction hey what are you doing tonight? And then I would say, oh, nothing, just hanging out. And then they would say, oh, that's a shame. Or, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no. I'm not sure where you got the idea that I was sad about the fact that I am sitting on the couch with my cat watching old episodes of Bake Off. But that's what I want to be doing. <laughs> 
And also, it's not really bad on like a Tuesday in February when you're like an old person with a full-time ass job that makes you commute to it to like not be doing anything. Like mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to be doing something, folks. You don't have to be Ryan Quigley out here, you know, jiving with, with jiving. the homies. <laughs> like being out and like, you know, doing all kinds of life things. Like you don't have to be Ryan Quigley. You could be a Steve Jaco. You could be a Kelly Hinkle. You could be relaxing. This has gotten unhinged already. <laughs> you I, fantastic. Could be relaxing that's, on the couch. That's exactly what I hope for. I, I basically There's went- no shortage of YouTube to be watched. It's true. It's true. And I will find an excuse to rewatch something I've watched already. I mean, right now, I, I will find an excuse to watch stuff regardless. Like, I will just consume TV and movies all day. Because right now, Jason had distributed a list of Spielberg, like, a, it was a ranking of all the Spielberg movies ever. And we were both looking down at it, and I said, there are a shocking number of movies I have not seen on this Steven Spielberg list. One of the greatest directors of all time. One of those guys that you feel like you've seen every one of his movies. And I think there were at least 10 that I hadn't seen, which I was no, just get going. stunned by. Yeah. So we're currently working on that. That we're just, that's Excellent. the project right now is trying to catch all the, the Steven Spielberg movies, but no, I, I, I love having my sleepy evenings at this point. And it's funny. Cause my, one of my old coworkers who's still at my old company, uh, texted me today saying that their holiday party is today. And this company would go all out for the holiday party, okay? They would, it would be like top shelf booze, okay? Open bar, uh, not a cash bar or anything. You would just go Ooh. in and you just slam them back and you got dinner and everything and they had to dress up. It was, it was the only nice thing this company did for us, okay? They went all out. They'd go get like a hotel or something like that in oh, wow. Philadelphia. Oh, wow. An old city <laughs> or something like that. And it was a, it was great. Like we did it a couple of years in a row at the the ballroom at the Bend, which if you've ever seen Silver Linings Playbook, the big dance off at the end of that movie takes place Ooh, in the la ballroom la. at the Bend. Yeah, that's fancy. So that company sucked, but the one thing they did right was that holiday party every year. But what they didn't do right about it is they set it on a Thursday and made Ew. people come in on Friday. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> like I don't, that's like the equivalent of like. Someone who would, like, catch a bee in, like, a jar and rip its wings off for funsies. Like, why would you do that why to your you? employees? Right. and make any sense. The other thing they would do is they had a no spouses policy, okay? You could not bring a guest with the you to this. Fuck? So this was just co-workers going, and because it was just co-workers, and these people would get hotel rooms at the hotel where the event would be, you know, these people would basically prepare to have a crazy evening. And I don't know if I got home before midnight from any one of these these holiday parties. I, I think I went four uh. times, and they were all very late. I worked the day after three of the four years, and it was a rough ride most of the time. See, this is a... Uh... This is one of the reasons I'm glad that my entire career has been in government because I don't I don't want to do anything with my coworkers. And blissfully, the taxpayers get all pissy if you throw parties with their money. <laughs> so we do have a holiday party, but it's not a very big to do and you have to buy a ticket to it so that we're not using the taxpayer dollars to have mm. our fun. Um, and so like A... No, thank you. And B, you want me to pay for it? No. No. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. That's, no, I'll stay home. I'm good. That's a hard pass right there. No, this was... Yeah, I'm all set. This was the only benefit you got. So, yeah, you're going to go. You're going to drink your face off. You're going to eat your face off. And then, you know, you'll say, uh, I'll just skip the after party this year. And then by the time you finish drinking your face off, you're like, no, let's go to the bar. Let's do the after party. And then that's how you find yourself at a cigar bar, even though you don't like cigars with oh, the boy. director of your department and one of the other managers and a couple of your buddies <laughs> drinking very high priced scotch that you don't even like. And it turns into a whole thing. I'm very glad you don't work there anymore. That place was just terrible for my liver, for my stress level. All of that. And yeah. All of it sounds bad. I agree with you. Like, I made some good friends there, but generally speaking, I really am not looking to hang out with coworkers after hours. And with my current company, I've been able to have a nice 
reboot on that. I, I had a nice little, you know, team dinner thing yesterday, but that was during work hours. So that was nice. And then we all yes. parted ways at 5 p.m. And that was good. But like beautiful when, when you're doing stuff for hours after work, after you've been working with those people for eight plus hours, it's just it's a lot. It's just more of the work day. It is. It's just more work day because like, I mean, realistically, you couldn't totally let loose like the way you would with your actual friends because, you know, if you like slap the ass of the <laughs> CEO's wife or something, like you're probably not going to have a good time at work the next day, which they're making you go to. Well, so, like, you kind of have to. I'll say these people were not that smart. Oh, well. They would really let loose. And I remember at least one or two HR incidents coming out of the, the holiday party. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. Just just people. What a time. People go all out. There were near fights a couple times, I remember. And oh yeah, it was insane. It was an insane company. I, again, I'm much healthier now that I am away from all of that. And love I, that for you. I have some nice work-life balance again, and that gives me more time to to talk about dumb stuff on flight. It's funny I say I have more time, but I'm actually doing less podcasting this year than I was the previous <laughs> year. I mean, yeah, that's also for the best. It is for the best because I mean, this team stinks. We all know it. They've pulled some wins out of their butt they beat the avalanche earlier this week which i don't think many of us expected but it helped that the avalanche just seemed to be getting an injury per minute in that game zero players and also that was very disrespectful to me a person who attended the game in nathan mckinnon jersey how would that how did that go for you because i i always that's one of those things that i don't know if you could pay me enough to wear an opposing shirt or Jersey into the Wells Fargo Center. So here's the ticket to doing such a thing. Number one, don't be an asshole. Like, just like, you know, keep the vibe good. And also I was, I mean, I had on an avalanche Jersey and a flyers hat. Cause I thought that was funny. My friend had on a flyers Jersey under his avalanche Jersey shot glasses. You know him. And at one point, he actually, when the Flyers scored, took the Avalanche jersey off and, like, stood up and cheered with the Flyers jersey on. There you it go. was quite a lot of fun. Um, I had, like, an old man be like, what are you doing with the shirt and the hat? And I'm like, I'm actually a Flyers fan. I'm just doing this for fun. And he's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I don't know. It's a good time. <laughs> what's wrong with you? I'm a Flyers fan. That's what's wrong with me. He has like an old man who's been a season ticket holder for, like, 40 years. He's like, you know, if you were, if you were in my family, we'd... We disown you for this. And I'm like, haha, this is fun for me. Like, <laughs> I mean, he was like being, he was like being light about it. Like he wasn't being a sick about oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still like, you know. It's something Steph and I did once, um, was the first time I did it. We went to a Leafs Flyers game as Leafs fans and actually had, there was a, like a shocking number of Leafs fans at this game. So we actually ended up having a really good time. Like people high-fiving us and the concourse like it was just, it was like a lot of fun it can be fun if you have fun with it is mm. what i'm saying i uh, yeah i i just feel like i would be so neurotic about that and i haven't gone to many away games as a flyers fan i've, I've i really... have been to only one where was that at oh wait that's a lie i've been to two i went to one we did a little it might have been before you came to bsh i can't remember a little i BSH think it was i don't remember to... this we went to dc like when Kurt and Albert both lived down there, we went and saw a game in D.C. A bunch of us went. And then, of course, we did the BSH radio out in Vegas. Those are the only two away games I've been to. Both times, ton of fun. Nice. Never had a problem. Nice. I, I did two. I did Chicago and I did New Jersey. And mm. New Jersey was terrible. I don't recommend that. I, I absolutely do not recommend, unless you're with like a big group of Flyers fans, going to a Devils-Flyers game in Jersey. Oh, no. And, oh, they gave, I got so much shit at that game. And granted, you know, it is a fierce rivalry. And True. this is a, an organization that ruined hockey and hires known war criminals like Scott Stevens. Mm -hmm. And they deserve nothing but pain and torture. And nothing. unfortunately, this year, they're just uh, kicking ass and taking names. But I really hate it so much. I hate it. I hate this timeline. I hate it so much. I hate it here. But 
<laughs> that game sucked. I, I think somehow we ended up... I was there with my ex and her kid, and we ended up getting better seats at some point we moved from the upper to lower level and it was better on the lower level but we got a lot of shit in the upper level even with a kid there that's wild like do you i I mean i'm assuming i know the answer to this because i know you but do you unprompted give away fans a hard time i it depends number one on how many beers i've had (laughs) fair (laughs) and it also depends on the the state of the rivalry so devils fans yeah i'll give devils fans shit uh rangers fans i'll give them shit and the penguins i'll give them shit but i I, if like it's the avalanche or something or the maple leaves like i'm probably although i will say the closest i came to getting into a fight with an opposing fan was the buffalo sabers that's wild yeah what could you have been fighting about well i had 10 beers that game ah well we did the lexus club and when you I, I don't think it's called the Lexus Club anymore, but the way it ran back in, I think this was 2009-2010, essentially, you just go down and you get as many beers as you want. And, of course, you're getting, you're drinking a beer, you know, I was also, what, this is 12 years ago, so I'm significantly younger than I am now. So, of course, mm-hmm. I'm double fisting every time I go back to the seat. <laughs> I'm, like, down in a beer when I'm in the Lexus Club. Like, they give you, like, you get food in there, but it's, like, hot dogs and pizza. You know, just right. basic, basic food. And I just, the, there are these Sabres fans behind me. And I'm just like, you're just a, I just started talking shit with them. And we just went back and forth the entire game. I'm sure I was very obnoxious. I'm not proud of this in retrospect, but it's the closest I've come. That's wild. It is wild. I am, I'm generally nice to them unless they're being a dick. Mm. Then I will just give them dirty looks. I will not confront them because I am at my core a coward. <laughs> but I I generally I don't know, in my mind I'd try to treat them the way that I would want to be treated if I was going to an away game as a Flyers fan. And for the most part I feel like all the away fans I've interacted with have been pretty cool. And I mean like obviously like while you're at a game like you'll see some like dickhead in a Rangers jersey standing up and acting like an asshole and like causing a whole commotion and like so like from afar i'm like oh fuck that guy but like for the most part anyone near me has been you know pretty cool yeah yeah it's also different in the past decade of life essentially for me when i was younger i was kind of all about giving people shit and be now i'm just a little bit more playful i'm a little bit more like "Eh, sports and it it helps that in the time since then you know i've had at least one other philly championship in my life and that every time there is a win for a philadelphia sports team a championship win a, a little bit of the crushing sports pressure that I felt throughout my life the, mm. and despair gets chipped away at. Okay. Just, I love that for you. It's happened twice. I, I would love if there were a couple more moments of that and it, it doesn't happen enough. But, you know, every time it happens, I'm, I relax a little bit more. Okay. Just a little bit. Just and these days I'm not as likely to fight somebody. So I, I said there were two occasions. The There was the Jersey oh. occasion, which was miserable. I hated it. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. People wearing Brodeur. Weirdly, Brodeur number 29 jerseys were all over the place. Odd. I, it was very odd. I didn't care for it. And the other experience, I went to Chicago. And mm. I've, I've talked about this on the program before, but if uh, you haven't heard this before, I'll give you the, the brief summary of the cliff notes on this. So I bought standing room tickets in chicago thinking that it would be i don't know like citizens bank park or something if you've ever been to citizens bank park they have great standing room setups Mm -hmm. where they have a bunch of like areas where you can essentially put your food down and like lean on it and watch the game and it's really nice and chicago kind of has this but the area is not elevated above the seats okay so you have to be on your tippy toes to basically see anything and Ooh. It, this was such a shitty game watching experience, especially, you know, I flew out to Chicago uh, to see this. Part of it was to see the game. We were visiting friends, but I worked it out so that we went the weekend. The Flyers were there. And I only got shit from one guy who I referred to as Liam McPoyle because he looked a little bit like <laughs> Liam McPoyle from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And Oh, no. We were getting... This was... Uh, 
this was a few years back. So this was after uh, the Flyers, Hawks, Stanley Cup, but, you know, not in the past like five or six years. So, you know, fresh enough on the minds of everybody that mm-hmm. if I'm showing up in a Flyers jersey, of course, I'm going to get a little bit of shit about 2010. And... This guy was starting with the, like, 2010, 2010. I'm like, yeah, funny. Okay. Cheers. That was a Great. year. That was a year. And then Chicago scored first in that game. And this guy came over and he, like, shook me. He was like, yeah, buddy. And he, like, shook me and a bunch of my beer spilled. Oh. And I was not happy about this at all. But the problem oh, was, no. the problem was, I did not have a crew to back me up for any possible confrontations. I don't really like confrontations to start with. Right. But Mm -hmm. if you're going to confront somebody when you're in enemy territory, you need a proper crew, right? You need people that are, you you need a wild card or two to back you up. And I had my lovely partner, Emily, who I'm not going to get her into this. Right. And then her childhood friend and her childhood friend's husband. Okay. They were there with us, and these people could not give any less of a shit about sports. They were basically there because we were going, and they're like, oh, this will be neat. And they spent half the game looking at concessions. They (laughs) did not give one shit, so they were not going to back me up if I was going to fight Liam McPoyle. So I just kind of had to take it, and thankfully... The Flyers did end up winning that game. So I, I relocated. I just moved slightly to avoid that guy, and the Flyers ended up winning that game, I think, like... I don't know, three to two, four to two. It was years ago, but Kimo Timonen scored, I believe. That really shows you how long ago this was. <laughs> and I had a great time besides that one moment. Like Chicago sports fans, I found are uh, generally pretty relaxed people, that Midwest attitude. You know, it's not as intense as East Coast sports where people are just in your face, aggressive about stuff. And I had a great time. Otherwise, everybody was cool. And I did not, I was not too obnoxious about the Flyers win. I could have been. And uh, it was a good time. I love that. I just, I mean, like, that's the way it should, it just should be like, you know, some good natured ribbing, you know, maybe if it's a Pens fan, you like, I don't know, make some kind of joke about them putting French fries on everything. Yeah. But it, it doesn't need to be like, this isn't life or death. Like, we don't have to fight each other. And also like... I mean, the, the truth of it now is that, like, we can't talk shit to anybody. Who oh, are we talking to? If I went to a game this year, I would not talk any shit no. at all. I would just be like, <laughs> yeah. I, so I've talked about Pittsburgh Steel in here before. My coworker mm-hmm. that is a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. He's a blood trader. He's from Ben Salem, but somehow he's a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. It's because he went to wow. college. He went to college at, at Duquesne and... That Not was an excuse. during the rise of the Crosby and all that bullshit. But I, yeah, I give him shit all the time. But this year, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to even remotely. You talk shit about the Flyers. I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. Oh, you hate the Flyers? Same. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. You yeah. think you're special? You're not. You're not. I hate the Flyers. I hate the Flyers more than you this year, my friend. I guarantee it. Guarantee. Yeah. I know they suck. I agree they suck. I think about it every day. I think constantly. When Torts said we suck, I that was the best Flyers moment I've had in like two years. I think that was the precise moment that I went to like 100% fully on board with John Tortorella. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Yes, we do suck. Thank you for saying it out loud. Well, I appreciate your candor here, sir. I love candor. I just tell me, tell me the things straight up. Tell me the Don't things. Don't dick around with me. I really. Fletcher. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Chuck Fletcher. Five years away from just whatever he's talking about. He was talking about like getting on track and just being a few points out of the, the playoffs. Only okay, five Chuck. Points, Steve. Five points. Okay, gonna be, bud. Gonna be competitive down the stretch, baby. Yeah, you signed Nick Delorier to a four year contract. Yeah. Yeah. And. I still am trying to wrap my brain around that one, and I never will. I'll never understand that one. But we have three years to think about it and figure out exactly what he does. I guess he fights because he's he leading. He does do that. Leading the league in fights. Can't beat that kind of that grit, that heart, that hustle. And you didn't think that Chuck Fletcher was going to bring any success to this team. <laughs> he brought the Broad Street Bullies back, baby. And here we are. Yeah. Here leading the league in fights. 
That's what could be more important. Exactly where we wanted to be. I mean, where are they in the? St- I don't even know where they're at in the standings at this point, which is really sad. That as a Flyers podcaster, I'm sitting here in December saying, "Where are the Flyers in the standings?" I haven't I really looked. I believe they are. I think they're two from the bottom of the metro. Oh yeah, they're, they're three from the bottom right now. Oh, okay. So Columbus, who just had Columbus is going the fuck through it right now. They had a night last night. They had what Ooh. was it? Nine goals allowed against the the Sabers. Tage Thompson had five goals. Five. Four of them in one period. I don't even know what a Tage Thompson is or how he's allowed to score five goals he's in like a game. A- like a t- like a tall like a giraffe. He looks like a giraffe. He's like a tall, skinny boy. He's out there s- scoring goals. Did you know that we drafted the germ ahead of Tate Johnson? The g- 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 germ get infected. I was aware, and that's just classic flyers right there. It's delightful. It's just it never it never ends right now. So the Flyers have yeah. twenty three points. They're nine thirteen and five. They really love Is a loser that point. Good. Oh God, do they ever? They Enough love, already. Love the loser point. So they have Ottawa below them at twenty one points, but Ottawa's played two less games. So that's they're going to be Chuck, above us in no time. Yeah, Chuck and I talked about this yesterday on the pod that um, of the teams below the Flyers. The Senators will almost certainly at some point pass us. Yeah. Which, like, thank you for your service, Claude Giroux. We <laughs> need them to pass us because, yeah, the Flyers are going to keep getting healthy and trying to win games. So we need all the help we can get. We need that tank. We need it bad. And Columbus, though, Columbus is a serious contender for the bottom of yeah. the division, the conference, maybe the entire league, which if they end up winning this lottery and having Johnny Gaudreau and Line A and all that, like, <clears throat> you know, I, they still need a lot of pieces. Don't get me wrong. Like, I no. I foolishly thought maybe they were a little better because they signed such a great player in Johnny Gaudreau and it would reflect in the standings. And this team is a total disaster. Well- They'd be better than this. They have almost as many injuries as the Flyers had. Like, they got a lot of guys out. Yeah. So, that I think is most of the reason why they're doing quite... I don't think that they were, like, don't get me wrong, like, they weren't going to be winning the Metro or anything just because they signed John Hockey, but they would have been better than this. Yeah, I I thought they would at least be competing for one of those two playoff spots because Columbus, you know, has... I mean, the two wildcard spots, of course, but, you know, right now... Looking at that, like the Islanders are in one of those spots. Tampa Bay is in one of those spots. Tampa Bay loves to do this thing anymore where they'll kind of spend like a couple months going like, yeah, we're not so great. And then they'll just turn it on and be the Tampa Bay. I have a, my theory is that, that like they're smart enough as an organization to know, like we just got to get in. So like, maybe we just like take it a little bit easy here in the middle and then start to ramp it up. That way you don't have a bunch of guys out with injury, you know, in April because everyone was like playing their dick off in December when like it didn't re- like they didn't really need to. All they needed to do is get into the playoffs. So, I've been told before by the lovely Bolts people that do the pre-games with me that it's definitely not something that they do on purpose, but I don't believe them. I think they do it on purpose. I think they do do it on purpose, 100%. It's like a load management thing. Like they just chill for a bit. Frankly, I think it's a smart strategy. It is smart. Why like, blow your load early? Steve, you never want to. You never All want you to. need, you just got it. Like, honestly, the most beautiful thing about hockey, especially when you're a good team, you just got to get into the playoffs. They and call it and, the beautiful game. And almost everyone gets in. So, like, just do that. And then you can start worrying about getting your shit together. Yeah. Sort out the details later. We have a loose assemblage of a plan, and that's enough. Now, I'm looking at the West right now, and the West has a bunch of losers, and that's your biggest competition. San Jose has eight wins. Arizona, seven wins. Chicago, seven wins. Anaheim, seven wins. So, that's... Anaheim is, like, low-key to me, shockingly bad. Like, because the Blackhawks were openly pretty much saying out loud, uh, we're going to be as bad as possible this year because we're trying to get that good that good player. 
Um, and they still haven't even traded Canes and Taves yet, with their, which they're probably going to do. They at should. Least one of them. Um, I mean, San Jose we knew was going to be bad, so that's not that much of a surprise to me. But, like, Anaheim, I didn't expect them to be, like, good, good. But I did expect them to be, like, kind of one of those, like, fun middle-of-the-pack teams just because they have a lot of young players that are pretty talented. Yeah. And the Western Conference, particularly the Pacific, is, like, not, not a lot going on there. So, like, I kind of expected Anaheim to just be, like, you know, a, a fun team doing some things on their way to a playoff bubble spot. But, like, they're legit. Like, bad, bad. They have a 315 winning percentage. That's Their not good. Goal differential is negative 45. Hachi machi. Hachi machi. Is pu- that the worst in the. That, I wonder if that's that is the worst. worst. It is the yeah. worst. Uh, yeah, that's it is less. the worst right now. So the Flyers have negative 24, to put that in perspective. Columbus has negative yeah. 34. And Chicago's got negative 30. Arizona's got negative 26. Yeah. This I like I don't I don't want to repeat all the shit that we just talked about yesterday because we talked about it yesterday, but I think that we have to accept that it's going to be quite difficult for the Flyers to outbad these teams simply because like as bad as this Flyers roster is, even fully healthy, like we know this is not a good hockey team, like regrettably those teams are actually worse. They so are. like yeah, like I we're just not gonna we're not gonna win the race to the bottom. So like at this point all we need to do is hope that the Flyers are just in a lottery spot. They get into a lottery spot. It's like getting into the playoffs. We get into a lottery spot, at least we have a shot because we're definitely not getting one or two with the way that these those four teams in particular are just there's just no way they're we're not so, going to get by them. So bad. So bad. I, Arizona is just Arizona's a joke mm. of a team. We all know Arizona's a joke of a team. Should not exist. They literally play in front of five thousand people a night, and if that's if they're lucky, it's such a just sham of a team. Arizona's yeah. abysmal. The Ducks are shockingly bad, and the, yeah, the Flyers—they're just slightly too confidently coached slightly too talented to quite be that bad it's it's wild to think about really and yeah they keep surprising me they i mean i kind of i didn't fully expect them to win last night but i guess maybe i thought they might have a little bit more juice against the caps and if you asked me to predict this week i would have said the abs are going to kick their ass and Mm -hmm. i think the abs are just having problems with injuries and yes big time also such a long season. It's always tough to bounce back from a Stanley Cup year because that's yeah. such a long season. And then you have to, you have less recovery time in the off season to bounce back from that. So I thought they'd probably lose that avalanche game and maybe win the Capitals game. But of course they did the opposite. I, I, I'm done betting on the Flyers this year, Hanks. Every time I bet on them, they've done the opposite of what I bet on. I don't really know how to bet. I mean, like, I physically, like, I know how to download the betting application and press the buttons that initiate the the betting. (laughs) Like, those, that part I understand. I don't understand strategy. So, like, the the very, very few times I've made a bet, it's been purely based on vibes. Like, Claude Giroux scoring against the Flyers or something. And um, every single time I've done it, I think I've done it three times. Um... It has not happened, so I've just decided, you know what, betting's not for me. Yeah, I don't, really, they need to just calm down with the betting in general, because the advertising Uh, for it is insane. And, yeah, it is very addictive. It's one of the most addictive fucking things in the world. So I, I, you know, need to slow my roll in it, but you know what I am done with? I am done betting on the Philadelphia Flyers this year, because they are just entirely too unpredictable. I cannot predict what they're going to do on a given day. I mean, I don't think anybody can to be quite honest with you. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the big news of the day today. And this is pretty minor news, all things considered. But Cam York is coming up. And I think that was one of the biggest off-season storylines was when Cam York got sent down to the Phantoms to start the year. It was a little surprising. We were thinking this mm-hmm. was the year he might make the leap to full-time NHL player. And it did not seem like he was getting along too well with John Tortorella. But he's done pretty well with the Phantoms. 13 points in 20 games played, 3 goals, 10 assists. 
Zamula is going to be going down, York is coming up, and we're all hoping that York gets sufficient playing time. This is not just a cup of coffee. He actually gets a chance to prove his worth. I hope so, too. There was kind of an interesting, I don't know if you saw this, there was an interesting kind of back and forth um, local sports celebrity, Charlie O'Connor, um, <laughs> kind of suggested that some comments that Tortorella made um, prior to, like after Zamula was being sent down prior to, I think, the York announcement, Kind of like suggesting that they're going to send Zamula down to get some minutes while they're on the road and bring someone up just to like have another body. And like, I guess the implication being that whoever they brought up was just going to be like a seven, like a just in case guy to have. But then, you know, I don't. I don't think that they would do that. And I'm wondering if what Torts actually meant was that we're going to bring someone up and have a an extra body, meaning that like somebody like, although Nick Sealer is probably not coming out because he's actually not been bad. So somebody will come out and be the seven and Cam York will get in. I'm hoping Right, because it doesn't make any sense to bring him up. No sense. If no he's sense. just going to sit there in the press box and eat no. flyer-shaped pretzels, it's stupid. You know, it would be so sick, Steve. What's that? If John Tortorella, the man who earlier this season did what we all knew needed to be done and put Rasmus Ristolainen both in the penalty box and or not penalty box in the press box and on third line or the third pair. My brain will work about it. Risto puts himself in the penalty box. Right, because he's so tough and scary. <laughs> what if John Tortorella puts in Cam York and takes out Rasmus Ristolainen? Oh, wow. Imagine that. Wouldn't that be so sick? I couldn't he's even just... muster an Owen Wilson for that one because that's He just... wouldn't do it, but... He wouldn't do it, but that's... I mean, that's the timeline I want to live in right there. It's probably going to be Justin Braun, right? Like, it's probably going to be, be Justin, Justin Braun. Braun, you know, he, he needs he needs Listen, as much rest as... fine. We were talking about having our restful evenings after hard days in the office, right? And Justin Braun, as an old man of a hockey player absolutely needs those restful evenings he needs a he couple nights deserve, off he does deserve a little break but yeah i'm thinking it's gonna we're gonna get a a cam york nick sealer third pair that is which is not sexy but it's something it sure is something it's something i mean what that's, a time it's fine i guess nick sealer is such a just baseline hockey player he is i've talked before about the replacement level player yes you might as well just have a generic player you've created in an nhl video game that you're sticking mark in there donk. mark yes. donk and nick sealer is a real mark donk he's just a guy yes. who's in there and he is perfectly fine at hockey he's perfectly adequate he's cromulent at hockey cromulent yes one yes and it's just that you know because of the state of things he's been one of the flyers best defensemen oh yeah <laughs> which is you know well, if we think about who actually plays defense on this team, I guess you could argue Provorov does it, right? And Sanheim occasionally. And it sure ain't TDA. That guy does not actually know how to play defense. I'm convinced. Meatballs has never played a single unit of defense in his career. <laughs> I forget you called him Tony Meatballs. Yeah, Tony Meatballs. I, every time I hear Meatballs anymore... I, I just think of this chopped clip from a few years ago where it was some of the most awkwardly edited audio I've ever heard in my life where this guy goes, I made a meatball. <laughs> <laughs> when you said meatballs just now, I got a flashback to that clip. Meatball. <laughs> Tony, meatballs. is <laughs> bad at defense. Ne- the Food Network is really good for that kind of like really, really bad audio editing where yeah you can just tell that like they were like all right buddy before you leave could you just say a couple of words into this microphone for us meat one meatball Balls. two bobby flay three spaghetti knife <laughs> meat beat bobby flay guy fietti <laughs> flavor town donkey sauce zamola york <laughs> meatballs uh, but the guy has no idea how to play no. defense it's actually 
kind of funny when you see him back there going like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Just walking over here. <laughs> I'm skating here. Hey, come hey, on. come on. My paisan, what are you going to do? Just score a goal on me? Oh. Fucking guy. And then Risto, who we were just talking about, despite being 11 feet tall and 2,000 pounds, has no idea how to play defense, which is wild to me. You just, you just gotta wait for the playoffs. Just gotta wait. And once they make the playoffs in the year 2062, it'll be fine. He will be unstoppable. <laughs> when, when Danny Briere's grandson is running the team. No good. Don't, don't say it. See, he's never going to get the GM, but his grandson's going to get it. That's my new prediction. I mean, I could see something like everything going so poorly for the next 25 years that at some point they say, we, we got to go back to basics. Who used to play for us? And then everyone who actually used to play for the Flyers is like, nah, I don't, I don't want to go back there. Please, mm-hmm. I have trauma. That, that is a cursed and then, place. <laughs> and so then they'll just like start reaching out to like the distant relatives of the last good Flyers team, which would be 2010. And then they will land on Danny Breer's grandchild and they will be the person running the hockey. Huzzah! Or maybe Bobby Clark the 16th. Oh, God. I do wonder, I, I think I, we talked about it on the show, I think, what Bob Clark's idiot son is up to. Because I don't know if you remember this, but um, back when the Phantoms were in Philly, um, Bob Clark's idiot son, I think his name was Luke. I think his name was Luke Clark, was like one of the Phantoms like equipment guys, a job I'm sure he got based purely on like merit and talent and qualification. Um I wonder what he's up to now. Maybe he ought to be the GM. Why not? Who Where's cares? Luke Clark? Luke Clark, do you listen to this podcast? I'm sure he does. You know, the entire Clark family listens. Bob Clark always comes up to me and he goes, you know, I, I don't really appreciate all those poor words you said about the Flyers, but I do love the Guy Fieri talk. Yeah, he's a big Flavortown fan. Everyone knows that. Big Flavortown fan. And he, he actually has come up to me and said multiple times that he loves when we talk about new Metal. It's his favorite era of music. I was honestly going to see if we could get through an entire fly perbly with just you and I without bringing up new metal. And I'm happy to see that we didn't do that. I, I, I think I wouldn't have forgiven myself if we hadn't brought it up. At the avalanche game. I'm such a fucking nerd. At the avalanche game, at one point, they started playing Rollin' by Limp Biscuit, And I got very excited. Like, I was like audibly like, ooh. And like, started like doing a little dance in my seat i don't know why i should not be allowed to leave the house no i I think once a week for (laughs) select maybe yeah (laughs) yeah your cage it's remarkable that anyone will be seen in public with me but gladly kelly gladly come on maybe (laughs) rolling love it yeah i'm sitting in my seat like yeah Move in, now move out. Hands up, now hands down. Back up, back up. Tell me what you're going to do now. I mean, come on. It's a classic. Uh, yeah, yeah, it certainly is. I, we're all sitting poet. here, and we're currently awaiting the Limp Bizkit Christmas album, right? That's got to be coming out any year now. One can hope. One can hope. I'm, I'm waiting for a Family Values tour reunion. Oh, Like man. a full-on, give me everybody, the full lineup. I need corn. I need Limp Biscuit. Even Stained? Give me Stained. They're only allowed to play the one song. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one? Stained is Mud Shovel, right? Mud Shovel is them, yeah. That's the only one. Not, They're not, only allowed to play that one. Not No, fuck that song. This is that the real is... motherfucking deal, y'all. That's the, oh, that song is only good because of this podcast. So... Outside of this context, it can never be referenced. Mm, They're only a lot. Actually, I saw when I went to see Corn over the summer last summer. That's right, you did. Stained open, yeah, stained open for them. And the whole time, I was like on my phone scrolling Twitter, like God, this fucking dork. When is this going to be over? And then they played Mud Shovel, and I was like, Oh, I forgot about this song. It kind of fucks. And then after that song was done, I was like, All right, enough, enough of this guy. Enough of this guy. We've had enough Fucking of this guy. Stained guy. Yeah, yeah, no more of the stained guy. Goodbye, stained guy. He stinks. He does stink. He's terrible. He probably smells he, bad, too. He looks like he would. He probably <laughs> smells like cigarettes. <laughs> he, he smells like cigarettes. 
<laughs> can I can I do Forrest Gump voice? Is that offensive? I don't Could know. Could you? I don't. It's a character. I don't know if that's that counts as offensive. I'm not sure. I can't keep up. I can't keep up, but he smells like cigarettes. So. You smell like cigarettes. <laughs> smell like ci- pushes Aaron Lewis off stage. It's great. <laughs> but he probably smells like so. I'm sure you've been around your share of smokers, and there mm-hmm. there are people that just you know are fine regular people. That's what. And then there are people that just stink from smoking. Just oh my stink. god. And yes. I imagine he's one of those guys that just just yes. smells like stale garbage. Yeah, like the kind of the kind of person where like if they sent you a letter in the mail, the mail would smell like cigarettes. Yes, a like thousand every percent. part of their life is just like imbued with the scent of like a stale marlboro red (laughs) what's your personality oh i think it's smoking (laughs) (laughs) i mean well my personality is the flyer so like really which one is worse Mm, that's true both are hazardous for your health both are absolutely terrible for both (laughs) myself and society (laughs) so that's true that's true yeah I guess, is there any more to be said about Cam York? I mean, I'm glad he's been putting up numbers in the minors. I mean, 13 points to 20 games played isn't amazing, but for a defenseman, that's pretty solid. I, I just want to see anything out of any youth on this team. Any juice out of anybody, really, that I can get. Like, it's I'm been re- nice seeing yeah. Kevin Hayes back. Yeah. And when TK was on earlier this year, that oh, was really nice. That's fine. And yeah. I think Noah Cates has been a, a, a fun gem this season and yeah. there really isn't that much else to really be excited about so cam york even does one thing good that'll be really exciting for me i really need him to not fuck around with this call-up because it's very clear that whatever he was doing in camp whatever the attitude was along with the very very subpar performance like it was not working for tortorella so like he really needs to show and we've seen him do this so it's not like out of the question he just needs to show that he belongs in the nhl and nowhere else he can do that for some reason he didn't do it in training camp and that's why we're looking at you know december 9th before we even see a game with him but if he comes up here and he's like you know just like meh or like not back checking quickly enough or like whatever like it's gonna be a problem for him because he's already dug himself a hole with this coach who seems to like love a grudge oh he loves a grudge and yeah i it's one of those things where if i cared more about this team if i was more emotionally invested in this team i would probably be annoyed by some of his grudges but because i'm not remotely emotionally invested in this team i find the grudges hilarious i'm greatly enjoying every one of these grudges every snippy comment the the toilet seat comment with morgan frost he's like he's like negging kevin hayes right now who's having a great year and he's still like yeah but kevin not good enough the thing is though that I have liked is that I feel like every single time he does it, it's warranted and it almost always leads to some kind of tangible result on the other side of it. I like, totally not, agree. Totally agree. It's not like, yeah, like when AV used to like shit on Carter Hart for no reason and you're like, wait, what? Like why why is he calling out Carter Hart in this press conference? Like he he did fine. I know they lost, but he was fine. But like Tortorella only calls out the guys that are actually doing shitty things and then not only calls them out, but then like, yeah, Kevin Hayes, we're dropping you to the third line and you're a wing now. Sorry. Or like, yeah, Risto, now you get third pair minutes because you actually suck. Like he he says the things and then backs them up with action. And then it seems like so far anyway, it seems to like get a result. I guess that's because, you know, they haven't tuned him out yet. But I don't know. For now, it's working. I'm I'm at this point. This will obviously change because it always does. I'm fully on the John Tortorella bus. I like him. I like what he's doing. Yeah, the torch train is a good time. It's a little bumpy at times and occasionally get kicked in the face by a horse. But overall, it's better than Amtrak. I'm going to listen, Steve. I fucking love Amtrak. 
I love the train. Amtrak's good. Okay, let me revise that then. Overall, it's better than SEPTA Regional Rail. One hundo. That one I will give you. Yes. Yes. New Jersey Transit, also stinky. Oh, very stinky. I haven't ridden New Jersey Transit in a hot minute. Because I I used to take that pretty reliably up to New York. And every one of those trips took for goddamn ever. It takes so long. Last couple times we've just done the damn Megabus. And guess what? (laughs) It's gone very smoothly. Here's a little pro tip for you, for both you and the dear listeners. If you are taking a little jaunt, like up to, say, New York City, which I'm doing in a couple of weeks. No, oh, wow. New Jersey Transit round trip is like, let's say, 35 bucks. Yeah. If you book an Amtrak train in advance enough, you can get $19 each way. That's pretty nice. And, and we're the Amtrak is real quick. The in and comfier out. seats, the fewer stops. You don't bathrooms. have to ever change the train. They got bathrooms. Yeah, it's like if you plan an Amtrak trip, it could be cheap as fuck. And like the train is always reliable. It just goes. And it takes your more right, trains. It takes you right to where the New York Rangers play. Right to the train station where they play. It drops you off in the ice. Just about. Take one escalator up. There you are. You get out and then you see Henrik Lundqvist, who's smiling and waiting for you and playing guitar. And it's wonderful. (laughs) I'm the only person that doesn't want to fuck Henrik Lundqvist. I think I might be. Is that right? Like literally the only person on earth. I mean, I just doesn't do it for me. Like I can like, here's the thing. Like, you know, when you see a person and you're like, yes, objectively. The construction (laughs) of this human being is very pleasing to the eye like yes. this is obviously not an ugly person however eh, this doesn't do it for me okay no, no i, I like, can understand I, that sentiment eh, yeah. I, I can totally understand that sentiment because i, I mean it's i can't bad. i can't think of a good example right now but i there definitely have been yeah. some women where i've looked at them right. and said this is objectively a very attractive woman but not not my type i mean as a cursed heterosexual <laughs> I see girls all the time where I'm like, that is, like, she's hot. But, like, I don't, well, you know. It's like, it's just like a, like when you see a pretty flower. That flower's pretty. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. Henry that flower's Lundquist, pretty, but I don't want to stick it down my pants. Exactly. Henrik Lundqvist, too pretty, like a flower. Mm, he is very pretty. It has been well documented that I like someone to look a little bit homeless. And Henrik Lundqvist <laughs> is never going to look a little bit homeless. <laughs> That's true. It is impossible for that man to look he homeless. Couldn't. He's just If he were homeless, he would probably still look like that. This is so that's the type of man that I, you know, I feel inferiority complexes with that kind of guy because I see a lot of those guys like in the office place where it's just these these, these perfectly dressed men walking Ugh. around and I'm sitting here in like my polo sh- which granted is a choice on my part, my untucked polo shirt, my jeans and I'm just like I just can't do that. I just don't. I don't understand why this is this. I understand why this is this when I'm pointing at myself. Because, <laughs> again, this is a choice here. Uh, if I really wanted to be somebody who just uh, did not enjoy food and my current life and, I don't know, really wanted to work on fashion and dressing, I could do all Gross. that. But I, it sounds terrible to me. It sounds miserable. I, like, don't get me But some people like on- that. Some people like that. The absolute stupidity of the idea that going into work in this particular costume is somehow different from you going to work in this particular costume. Somehow the tie makes you professional. (laughs) Somehow the tie makes the level of your work better. It's so fucking stupid. It's like if, if you are a logical human being and you stop to think it all the way through for five seconds, you're like, that's so fucking stupid. Like, who cares if that person at work is wearing jeans or like a formal gown? Either way, are they doing their job? Oh, good. Perfect. Oh, good. Perfect. It's yes. just such a stupid, like, 1949, like, dumb shit opinion to have, like, the world. <laughs> like, yeah. Damn right. Ew, 100%. I'm not going to trust you with my soup. You're wearing a polo shirt. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 
Yes, yes, a hundred percent. I mean, yes. I, I, I guess I'm just saying, like, they're they're guys who are just snappy dressers that yeah. go and do that shit, and I just don't give one single solitary not fuck. A, not a one. Not a one fuck. I don't care. I think this is also part of the reason that I so vastly prefer working at home. I mean, yes. stuff like that, and also just the fact that. I just don't have time for people's bullshit anymore. That's the number one thing that working remotely during the pandemic taught me was that I really don't miss the inner office bullshit. Not even a little bit. The only thing that I have learned since being forced back into the office is that everyone in there over the age of 50, the problem with them is that their entire like life was constructed around going into that building. Mm -hmm. And so they want to go in there and have their little chats with their little friends and talk about their weekends and have their coffee and microwave their lunch. And it's like, do you have nothing going on outside of here that like the two years that we spent doing this remotely was just so bad for you that you couldn't wait to get back in here and listen to like, the secretary talk about how her dog is sick like i don't i don't care do i want to hear you about your weekend no i don't did you need me for a work thing because that's what i'm here for if i want to talk to my friends i'll talk to my friends i couldn't agree more couldn't agree more plus i like uh not putting clothes on i don't want to wear real clothes ever i the second i got home i changed into my sweats and like a comfortable t-shirt it was wonderful because i was in office today and yeah you know i mean the nice thing i don't you know but the nice thing about my current job is like i do get some nice perks from being there and everything but again i just the effort i put into commuting and then putting on social graces and you know and then i gotta i I wear noise canceling headphones throughout the day because i I just can't take all these peripheral noises from people. This, this, like, this lady just clearing her throat every like, oh, no. five minutes. Just ah, ah, shut up. Go. It pierces my soul. It's terrible. It's terrible. I hate this shit. So I, if I could just never leave, I, I would like to leave the house maybe like once a month. For this stuff, maybe. I also work in one of those positions where I don't... They're always talking about collaboration and all that. And I... Yeah. I, have I don't collaborate with shit. I go no in No collaboration. Yeah. I send emails. I look at data. I go to meetings that almost all of them are still on Zoom, which is hilarious <laughs> because I'm like, why am I standing in this room? Like, why does it matter that I'm in this room for the Zoom meeting? I could be in any room. Literally could put any background you want on that Zoom call. My only saving grace is that I have an office with a door that I can just shut and, like, not have to hear anybody. Yeah, I have to share cubicle space with another guy. There's That's a guy tragic. who we don't have a wall between us. He sits, like, uh, like two feet in back of me. It's just wonderful. There's n- no greater terroristic attack on the American worker than the open office floor plan. And this actually is a nicer change. So my old office was as open as it gets. We had our cubicles were probably, I don't know, half the size of a regular desk. Like they were very tiny and the walls between them, you had no privacy. So you had a wall that probably if you're sitting went to your shoulder. So you had no privacy people just saw and the funny thing is people in that office did not give one single solitary fuck about people seeing what they were doing uh this one guy would sleep at his desk he would watch whatever the hell he wanted on the computer monitors he would just like watch tv the funniest thing i ever saw was he had darts on one day he had he was watching people play fucking darts that's incredible it's incredible i i can't even imagine being in the mindset where I go, you know, what I really want to watch is darts. darts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just this fucking like capitalism panopticon where like your boss can see everything that you're doing at every moment of the day, just in case for five seconds you are not producing. Welcome Ugh. to the <laughs> the socialistic Republic of Fly Purbly, our new. Yeah. 
<laughs> Here's your copy of the Communist Manifesto and a season pass to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Monday Night Raw is part of this, huh? Haven't you ever seen that tweet? I don't think I have. There's a tweet there where it's like, welcome to Twitter. Here's your copy of the Communist Manifesto and a ticket to Monday Night Raw for some reason. That's actually very <laughs> representative of Twitter it's, right there. Exactly. It's hilarious. Because <laughs> it's 100%. Because yeah. I, it's funny because there are occasions on Twitter where I totally forget stuff that other people are into. And yes. it's when wrestling pops up. I yes. forgot that just so many people I follow are hardcore Everyone. wrestling fans. And then the other one is um, soccer Saturday morning soccer. Yeah. And yeah, the F1 came on real quick. That was like, I guess apparently there was like a Netflix series that everyone watched. And then all of a sudden they were all F1 fans. Yeah. And I I just logged on one morning and I said, and everybody was tweeting about it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is this? And then the soccer ones, the Saturday morning soccer is always funny when I come on and people are like, that's messy doing. Like It'll be like Saturday at like 8 a.m. I'm drinking coffee. I log onto Twitter. There's like 47 tweets about VAR. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Premier League day. Premier League. The lads. The lads are playing footy. The lads are playing footy. You go get a pint at 8 a.m. It's a good excuse for day drinking. Oi, isn't it? Oi, oi, oi. (laughs) Yeah, my old roommate used to get up super early for for soccer every Saturday morning. Like I, I would wake up and I come downstairs at, I'm not an early riser folks. I was coming downstairs at like 10 or 11 and he had been up for hours watching soccer already. Yeah. It's a, people get so into it and it's so weird because like I got really into the union this year and I think it's because I was going to games because I tried several times to like get into premier league and it's just like i couldn't do it just can't do it i i've tried myself well i haven't really tried that hard to be honest with you but every time i sit down like every world cup i will watch a few games i will sit down and watch some matches and try and it just never but i agree with you i've been to a couple union games and those are a blast and i would love to go to a bigger you know soccer match at some point but it's all about the the crowd energy and the game just moves so much faster. We often talk about hockey in this regard, right? Like hockey is a, a decent televised sport, but it's a thousand times better in person. Oh my God. Like a billion million times. It just moves so fast. It's obviously easier to keep track of the puck. And we were just uh-huh. talking in the Slack yesterday about how it's actually been harder this year to follow the puck because of the digital ads on the boards. It's I, I, they give me like a headache almost because it's too much and yeah so kelly this is going to be a stupid question for me but i haven't been to a game this season are there still the usual ads on the boards at the game yes so they haven't blanked it out to put these digital ads up no the regular ads are there and actually on television um i learned this very recently actually only the main cameras get the digital overlays if they end up using like a little side camera you'll see the regular ads uh i guess i haven't been looking at the ads when it's the regular side camera because again it's not animated there's not bullshit in the background so i'm not really i don't really care but right there's all this stuff going on at all times when it's on the main camera and it sucks yeah it's just it's just like whenever they get near the boards with the play it's just like, ugh. Mm. ugh. Like it, your eyeballs, like, don't know what to do with what they're looking at. No. Because it's unnatural. <laughs> it's completely yes. unnatural. And there's just a terrible so idea. Yeah. Well, and between that and then you have the stupid ad on the top, on the glass, right? And then I feel like they're putting more ads on the ice, too, on the digital overlays. It's just so much for the eyeballs to take in. Yeah, yeah. It's It's just... They they didn't think it through. It was a bad idea. No, but it's it's the NHL. It's the There's NHL, bad exactly. Right. <laughs> Our good friend Gary Bettman, friend of the show, a, a, a genius, a beautiful tall man who is definitely going to give us Connor Bedard. You know, he maybe didn't think this one through. So Gary, no. I, I maybe can reconsider this one while you're considering giving us Connor Bedard, like you will. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you in advance. We appreciate my you. Liege. Thank you for your yes. sur- service, my leash. <laughs> I'm not vomiting in my mouth at all while saying this. Mm, no. 
No, not one no. bit. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, Kelly, unless you have any other randomness to bring up, I think we've had a wonderful time and it's time to call it quits. I, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I could talk forever about any number of things, but I feel like we've done a solid I agree. Solid podcast here. I agree. But we'll, we'll get you back on soon so you can talk about it. we we got to have you on. Kurt was saying we got to have you on to guess the, the Christmas movie challenge again. I would love to do that. I I will probably be terrible at it, but I would like to do it anyway. I th- I'm going to have to come up with a few of them so I can tag team you and Quiggs and we'll we'll just make it. We'll organize it all. Yes. Yes. Well, I got to come up with them. I came up with one at 4 a.m. last night. And that's just the start of it. So <laughs> I remember the ones from last year and they were so good. Like, so good. Thank you. Well, I'm hoping I can replicate that again. Because yeah. it's, uh, it's tough. I did one with Quiggs earlier this week where, uh, or not this week, but earlier this season where I did uh, the CBS fall pilots, basically. And I oh was asking God. which is a real CBS show and which is what I made up. Oh, I bet that was good because CBS shows, um, none of them seem real. Yeah, there's some pretty bad ones. Some pretty, pretty, pretty pretty bad bad ones. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Kelly. It was a blast and we will be back next week with our our normal schedule. I don't know when the hell. We haven't sorted out next week yet, but I assume the Quakester will be back. Yeah. We'll, We'll see what happens. Who knows? But... Folks, if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk. You can follow Kelly at Hanks. <laughs> Dot Musk was funny. <laughs> I, I've been throwing that in there lately because of like our, our our just clueless overlord who has no idea yes. how to post. He's doing his best. <laughs> his best is very bad. It's very bad. Very, very bad. And <laughs> fucking Elon. God damn it. But you can follow Kelly at Hanks. Of course, she is on bsh radio she is on checking out a competition all that great podcast work and always with the flybys in the morning and i mean i think i plugged everything kelly there's not anything else i'm missing right that's everything it's a lot it's all i got it's a lot (laughs) (laughs) you can follow me at estee bomb or at flyperbole for hockey purposes make it flyperbole the flyperbole instagram's up i still don't know what i'm doing with the tiktok but i might have figured something out so follow that maybe i guess i don't know it doesn't matter eat arby's and follow BSH Radio, follow Brad Street Hockey, blah, 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 social media. I'm running out of gas. Folks, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you all. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Well, wow, 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 wow. <laughs>